0: Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer.
1: Looking to sell everybody price dependent.
0: Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence.
1: We are back with the final episode of Dynasty Theory, dot, 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 cliffhanger. Until the season starts. Yes. All right. The season is here. You know, I had to keep people on their toes. What the, the final episode of Dynasty Theory? It's like, did you ever see the movie The Truman Show? Whenever they find out that it's all rigged, the people watching, they're like, all right, what do we do now? That's what would happen if the people did not have Dynasty Theory. And Mr. Labor Day draft, Dan LaMagna, he's on board here tonight. What's up, Dan?
0: Uh, a lot of momentum going into tonight's show. Had, had my hometown crew here in the Scranton, PA area. It's uh, our home draft. We've been doing it since 1993. It's in the books here. So 29 years we were we were reminiscing, trying to figure out when our first year was actually. And uh, the one guy in the league diehard Washington fan remembers taking Gary Clark as his wide receiver number one back when like Mark Ripon, I think, took Washington to Super Bowl back in, uh, in the 90s there. So that's how old school we are, but did get them this year. I couldn't believe it to switch to super flex. It was a milestone day today with the super flex draft. I still
1: can't, I'm in two home leagues and I can't get them to switch to super flex. I can't get them to drop the kicker in defense. I can't get my brother-in-law to switch from standard scoring. I know I brought that story
2: up a few times. Mitch, what's going on, man? Just wishing I had a home league like that. Like I actually think my home league that I consider my home league is the first dynasty league that I did with Dan. That's like my original <sighs> like league that I just want to do really well in each year. That's the one that I really care about. Oh, wow. I feel so much. Well, well, hold so on. To nickel. be fair, John and I met in an RTTC league. And yeah, I bounced out of that one the first second that I could. Yeah.
1: Anyway, talking about bouncing. I'm out. Let me bounce over to our sponsor for the episode. That was That was probably the worst segue, worst transition we've had here. And I I blame myself. I'm rattled tonight. But this week's episode is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Lawnmower 4.0. Lawnmower. Speaking of lawnmowers, not to get too sidetracked, but I can't wait until, you know, summer's over, fall progresses. I'm tired of paying my landscaping guy to cut my lawn so much i i I get the the bill and i'm like maybe i should stop being lazy maybe i should stop
0: now now
1: anyway lawnmower 4.0 guys check it out
0: you gotta get the weed whacker too that like that, that that nose trimmer especially if you have a podcast and you know we're up close and personal here you need everything right yeah there's a lot of good
1: stuff over there and like we always say it would help us out tremendously use code theory 20 for 20% off and free international shipping. All right. So like I said, the off season, it has come and gone. And I said it last year. And I feel like I said it the year before and the year before, which was, I think our first year of dynasty theory, super flexology. This had to be the longest off season we've had. And every, every year it's like, okay, there's so many crazy stories. And this year truly I think was just so bizarre. So many random things. And part of it is because of social media, right? And and Twitter, just at, at click of a few buttons, you can get all this information. So many news stories. Uh, you know, I was watching, this is this is completely random, but it was one of the, was it a 30 for 30 or some documentary? And I was like, if Twitter were around at this time, it would have been, absolutely nuts you know uh dan you probably are happy back in your
0: playing days twitter wasn't around who knows what they'd be <laughs> saying about you that could have been fun man that that could have been fun but unfortunately like back then jb you know it started with like the the mobile not even called a mobile phone it went in like the, the your car like that was the first phone we had and oh, then yeah. eventually the flip phone and but yeah twitter would have been cool did
1: it was, 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 was my
0: space back then man it was my space did you have one of those big gray ones I had a huge phone. I don't know if it was gray or not. It might have been gray. It was like a Nokia or something. I don't know. (laughs) Man. All right.
1: So some of the stories here that we want to talk about really, and and Mitch had to step away. So if you're listening on the podcast feed, he's going to be quiet for a few minutes. We always say he's critical to the state of Utah. He's getting work calls. His his, uh, kids need him. He's just so critical. Mike, happy Labor Day in the chat. Hopefully everybody was able to spend some extra time with their families this weekend, friends, loved ones, uh, or maybe you wanted to avoid people altogether and just wanted some alone time, and that's okay too. But what stories, Dan, Story stories of this offseason for you in your mind had the biggest dynasty impact? And I put a big disclaimer, excluding Deshaun Watson, because obviously that was the talk of the town all offseason.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it from a fantasy and less of a drama situation here. But to me, like connecting the most dots, the greatest impact this offseason to me was Russ Wilson. Because he impacted Denver. He impacted Seattle. We saw Cortland Sutton be like legit again. He, he just keeps rising, I think, every week. Jerry Judy, we've got hope again. And then we watched like DK Metcalf just take this big plummet in fantasy with not having that high caliber quarterback, and even Lockett's sinking, and you know Seattle's down. So to me, the largest story was Russ Wilson because it affected the most dynasty and just fantasy football pieces in general. I had
1: four different scenario or f- three different stories of this off that I had prepared. One of them certainly was Russell Wilson. So I want to chime in here. And Mitch, we're starting off story of the off season that had the biggest dynasty impact. I said, excluding Deshaun Watson. Dan came in strong with Russell Wilson mm-hmm. being traded to the Denver Broncos. And yeah, the trickle-down effect, right? Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Albert O, Noah Fant, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Rashad Petty, Kenneth Walker, Drew Lock, Geno Smith. And can I say to an extent, and I was really, I, you know, I, I was really diving in this weekend and thinking of different scenarios. Could you say that Russell Wilson being traded to Denver also provided some additional? uh, you know, from a projection standpoint, maybe some additional value for Jimmy Garoppolo in your league's trade market, because it opened up one additional spot for him to be traded to maybe. And I know you've been talking about Seattle, Dan, and who knows when it's all said and done, maybe he is a Seahawk. Um, But that was like a, not even secondary, but like a tertiary effect of Russell Wilson. It just gave that one extra landing spot. Oh, maybe Garoppolo could go there. And we saw him trade based on uh, speculation. That's the word I'm looking for. I went blank there for a second earlier, but based on speculation, we saw some trades involving Jimmy Garoppolo in our super flex leagues. So I think that was just one of the, I mean, what did I rattle off there? 10, 12 players that Russell Wilson being traded to Denver directly impacted. So I don't know Mitch, if we can top that honestly from a, biggest dynasty impact storyline.
2: I'm going to say Tom Brady, to be honest. Man, that's my, that's my number two. I Wait, know. Like a, I
1: saw, it, I saw it,
2: it on your notes, but yeah. It's, I think a, it's like family feud. Like, mm-hmm. I, number one answer. <laughs> so while, while Russell Wilson left the Seahawks, he only really affected, really, Lockett's value was already in the trash, right? Metcalf's value is dropped down a little bit, but those are really the two big hits, right? to where Tom Brady not coming back, huge effect on Fournette, huge effect on Evans, huge effect on Godwin. Um, In that meantime, we had Gronkowski retire. So I think that was the biggest mover, to
0: be honest with you. I know Dan has issues with I'm challenging him because, Mitch, here's the issue, Mitch. Like, Gronk's a separate story. He just returned to his own team. He didn't impact two teams. And you left out like like Albert O even has relevancy now with Russ Wilson. And Noah Fant gets traded, and and it's part of that deal. And his value is not the same because he's got Geno impacted him. So it it affected a lot more guys there. Not that Brady's wasn't big, uh, but.
2: What's that? Rodgers probably would have ended up with the Broncos if Russell didn't.
0: And there's all those little like side quarterback stories, as you mentioned that piece. And then JB mentioned Garoppolo like that drug Mm -hmm. on for a while. Like Baker could have went there. There was, we we were speculating for many weeks trying to figure out the quarterback picture. So, man, I I got Mitch. I I think you were number two on the family feud there. Okay,
1: fine, fine, fine. (laughs) I had written down here. So Tom Brady returning, and it was the secondary pieces. Gronk retiring Antonio Brown kind of disappearing and doing his rap thing. And that's fine. Whatever. But I had written down there, and do you guys – did you ever see the movie with Ashton Kutcher, The Butterfly Effect? hmm And not just the movie, but the theory itself. You know, uh, one little thing changes, and it trickles down, it trickles down. And it's like all of a sudden I wake up tomorrow, and I'm a billionaire because something happened, you know, long, long ago. Whatever that one change was – I need to figure out if it's going to get me to be a billionaire.
0: But anyway, listen, hold on, Dan. But Mitch, this is all making sense to me now. This is the reason JB has moved and not like redecorated his his his, his backsplash in weeks. He's watching movies all the time. I get man. it. I get That's it. Two analogies in ten minutes. Listen, listen. Just because you guys are in tune with any type
1: of
2: pop culture reference, I really, I actually think most people would know that off the Simpsons. To be honest with you. But, I mean, you could go to, like, a very low-key Ashton Kutcher movie if you want to. But Kutcher? The as well. Kutcher. Well,
1: what year? What year? Probably before, probably before probably. the movie. It's I would Simpsons guess before. before. But, okay. So the butterfly effect. Here we go with this situation. Tom Brady doesn't return. That most likely opens the door for one of these other quarterbacks, and maybe it goes back to a Jimmy Garoppolo or an Aaron Rodgers. If Gronk doesn't retire, let's say Brady came back, Bronk doesn't re- Gronk. Gronk doesn't retire, maybe they don't pursue Julio Jones because you still have that big body player in Gronk. Kyle Rudolph almost certainly does not end up there. Where does he go? Who does he impact? And then with Antonio Brown, if he were to come back, I doubt you see Russell Gage in Tampa. Mm-hmm. So any one of those little moves, and I say little, well, you know, but if any of those change, we might be talking about Kyle Trask as a starting quarterback in the NFL. We might be talking about, uh, you know, Kade Aut- and instead of getting any type of uh, hype potentially throughout the offseason, he's just on the practice squad. You know, Kyle Rudolph is unemployed Julio Jones, maybe he, uh, you know, ended up in new England or something, you know, there's so many different scenarios just because of those moves now. Okay. I got to say mine. And for me, I think this is extremely important for the NFL landscape. Okay. The contract that Christian Kirk got. All right. Because if he doesn't get that contract, are all these wide receivers traded are you know he he set the he reset the wide receiver market he did but but hold on hold on before you throw your flag Mitch not only do we have all these guys that they're they're hunting these huge contracts they probably would have done that to begin with okay i'm not saying they wouldn't but then with with the christian kirk and the contracts now you start to pursue rookie deals did that elevate you know, the 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 stock of some of these wide receivers may be going earlier because these these teams are like, OK, we have a player potentially looking to leave. Um, yeah, the, the AJ knows AJ in the chat. I was thinking the same thing, JB. Kirk
2: broke the market. He completely. All right, Mitch, Mitch, you've been making faces here for 30 I was minutes. Just, you said like all these wide receivers got traded. One got traded. Hollywood Brown asked for a trade before a contract had nothing to do with that. So AJ Brown got traded. One did the rest of them got paid. Tyree kill. Ah. Uh, sh- sh- oh. a- uh, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a can, long Can life. I take I that flag now. and like go and do something? I forgot. Yeah. Tyree I'll tell kill. you what to do yeah. with that flag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I stand corrected there. I hate that, when that happens.
1: Oh man. This is guys uh, write this down.
2: September this is what's going
1: on Instagram. I know it. 2022, a day oh. that will just be etched in my memory as the greatest day. Like we have the the birth of my son, the birth of my daughter, the day I married my wife. Mitch saying he was wrong might be number one for me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so and bad. I'm in the doghouse after that I'm comment. Bad. But
2: I'm not talking to the rest of the show. I'm just here.
1: No, watching. no, no. But <laughs> but really, the, I, I do think that Christian Kirk contract. You know, even from a dynasty perspective, now we always sit here, and, and how many times did it come up? Well, Tyree Kill is tied to Patrick Mahomes, so even though he's a little bit older, he's still a top tier wide receiver. Uh, wait, how, how are we all forgetting about
2: Devonte Adams? I know,
0: it's, that's a big one.
2: This is just, I'm just,
0: yeah. That was but like the, a relationship breakup, Devonte Adams. There, I, going from Rogers to Carr.
1: But that's the thing that he's going back to his ex, his, his, his ex from college, you know, but that that's the thing with, with what Christian Kirk did and what the Jaguars did. And I would love to see the, the trickle down here and the effects going off over the next few years. Do we see more wide receivers go in the first, maybe it's just one or two extra that wouldn't have, and we won't really know because, you know, you look at this class, maybe it was just the talent elevated them and, and that's fine. But I I do think that's something that we can take away from this offseason that we have never seen. Like, great Christian Kirk, his agent, first of all, Juju should get in touch with him. Uh, But, yeah. So any other stories for you guys? It feels good to be right.
0: (laughs) I got nothing. (laughs) It's good John's not milking it there. That's good.
1: good. And this this doesn't have the larger impact, but it has the, the dynasty impact for one player. The Calvin Ridley situation, you know, Mitch, you are completely out on him. Oh, completely. Yeah. done. And I'm people they'll jump in the chat on discord or you see it on Twitter. Would you move a future second? I still wouldn't because we don't know where he's going to play. We don't know if he's going to play. We don't know when he's going to play. And those are all critical factors, but uh, outside of Deshaun Watson, because I just did not want to discuss that situation because we hear Mm -hmm. about it constantly, uh, I think Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, and just wide receiver contracts. I think those are three really strong takeaways from this off season. If you guys have anything in the chat, let us know. We'd love to discuss it, but th- those are the ones that really stood out to me. I mean, you, you two
0: stole two of mine, so I'm happy to get the most points on the family. Feud. <laughs> good start. Yeah, for, I- good start to the show.
1: I think so. I think just because of all the secondary pieces and the way it affected them. And can I, can I reiterate, Mitch and I talked about it on the pivot point. DK Metcalf is still for me, or no? We talked about it last week on mm-hmm. the weekly show. Like during the season, he's going to be somebody that I actively look to acquire. Yep, he really is. Uh, okay, so Mitch, I, I know, I know, you're a little upset right now.
2: I am. I'm Let's fight a little frustrated. Through. Let's fight
1: through. It's all right. What story or move do you believe was overblown by the dynasty community? So everyone's saying, oh my
2: God, like boom, boom, boom. But really, is it that much of an impact? So I actually have one written down, but something just came to me that I can't believe I didn't write down the first place, the pre-draft rookie quarterback hype. Do you remember when we're before the NFL draft, you were doing startups, you were seeing, We saw Malik
1: Willis go in the second. Yes. In one.
2: Yeah, I mean, Ritter was going high. Uh, Sam Howell was going high. And then nothing. I mean, right now we have a little bit of hype for Malik Willis in Tennessee, right? And we have Ritter, who's looked good in Atlanta. And Pickett's just kind of pick. I'm really starting to think Pickett is like Mac Jones sort of thing, too, where like he's going to hold his value and he'll be okay. But I don't know how many people are going to be buying into that.
0: Yeah, and Willis and Ritter we probably won't hear about again for another 12 to 15 weeks until the teams are out of it Mm -hmm. and then they got to go with somebody, you know, something like that.
1: I mean, you're expecting Tennessee not to be battling for a playoff
0: spot? I was more referring to Ritter, but I I think, like, Willis is just going to die and, like, we're not going to hear nothing for a while. And, you know, it it depends where – we don't know where Tennessee is going to go. There's a lot of questions there. I mean, if we're betting on, you know – coach Rabel's history they're going to be competing but they got more questions than usual this year
1: I do like that point though and Mitch I'm really glad that you brought up the rookie quarterbacks you know speaking about Malik Willis specifically there's a lot of people they're moving 23 seconds in 12 team super flex leagues from Malik Willis just like Dan said just wait a month wait two months that price is going to be lower and you know it's just because of of all the Twitter hype and what we saw at the end of the preseason there. If you just wait, be patient. If you want to look to acquire Malik Willis, go for it. But I don't think you have to do it right now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes down to uh, Tennessee's division, Ryan Tannehill still being a competent quarterback. So I, I don't know that you necessarily need to go out and pursue Malik Willis Ritter. Same thing. Um, I wouldn't pursue him at all, to be honest with you. But that that's just my journey. Uh, so, Mitch, what can we really take away from that then moving forward?
2: Because the bad thing is, like, there's nothing you can take from because the 23 draft is going to be really good. This was just one of those weird cycles. I don't think we've had a cycle like this, at least since I've done Dynasty Tour. I can remember that many quarterbacks just not getting drafted. I mean, you'd have to go back to uh, I'm trying to think the Buffalo Bills drafted the guy from DJ e. Manuel. Was that yeah. 2013? Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything since then to where like there was that bad of a draft. I think it was an anomaly more than anything, but it was just one of those things. The only one, other one I was going to mention real quick is Kareem Hunt getting getting traded. Like everyone was jockeying for D. Ernest Johnson and oh, he's going to kill the Eagles running back values, and then it comes out, nothing happened and everything's kind of the same as it was.
1: Yeah, so I'm looking back
2: and I, I, I,
1: I don't know the pre-draft hype for these classes, mm-hmm. but 2013, we had EJ Manuel. In 2014, we had Bridgewater slip to the last pick of the first round, Johnny Manziel and Blake Bortles. And say what you want about Bortles, he still held value through his rookie contract. <laughs> he was great for fantasy. I don't care what anybody says. And then in 26, or 2015, we get to Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota locking up the first two picks, and nothing else beyond that. So I do think it was a few things with this class, and, and maybe just the timing of it for a lot of people. But if you faded quarterback last year in the rookie draft, which you might have because it was stacked with talent as well, uh, you might have people that were kind of forcing it to get an additional quarterback. And we started to see those guys like Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, creep up in their uh, even late first, early second in 12-team super flex leagues. So I think that was part of it. But also just the the positive blurbs and hype and the excitement of rookie fever, fully setting in, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I was, I, I truly believe Malik Willis was going to go in the first round of the NFL draft. Luckily I wasn't in a situation pre NFL draft where I had a startup or a rookie draft that I ended up taking him. So that was okay. But like you said, I don't know that there's really a lesson to be, to me mm-hmm had here unless, you know, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what the real, like, cause if you do this next year, you're going to be kicking yourself because we know that these quarterbacks are going to be going, you know, early in the first round. So maybe it's just, unless you have uh, a surefire lock in that first round, uh, maybe not just surefire, but even top 10 don't look to invest in the, in the quarterbacks pre NFL draft. I I think that'd be the biggest, biggest possible takeaway, but I do like the Kareem hunt one. That was a story that was over. I mean, I have so much Dearness Johnson on my roster. (laughs) I I have have so much, like just, just tag me next time. Just tweet it at me, Jerome Ford. I have him on so many rosters and I was, and Kareem hunt. I have several shares and I was hoping he got moved, but that's one of the the speculation where we're, feeding into it we're feeding into it and nothing ever materializes there's still time on that
0: one though there's still time on that one. not as quick as you would have liked but there's a trade deadline they've got a lot of running backs and some decisions so there's time for that jb
1: yeah there's potential so dan what do you think here what storyline was overblown by the dynasty community for you throughout this offseason
0: there's two quarterback situations i thought were overblown one was early and one was late and in hindsight like i think both stories would kind of held people back from maybe hopping on them. There are two quarterback situations that I really like early in the season. It was Jalen hurts and his ability. Like it's just, Oh, the Eagles have all these options, all these choices. And, you know, just kind of was like negative hurts. But as we've gotten closer to the season here, I am buying high, whether it's dynasty drafts, redrafts. I just, there's so much talent around him that I really, truly think he's going to be successful and have a great year. So it was just like all that negative talk. I just think it was, Overblown. I mean, it's not definitely something we wanted to be aware of. I'm not saying it wasn't something to talk about, but to the point of like how bad he is and he can't complete a ball and he's a terrible thrower and quarterback. I got a feeling he's just going to prove all those naysayers wrong, and then I think he's becoming like a Dak Prescott. I, I could really see it, and I, I could see him see him earning a, a, a contract there. And then there's Matthew Stafford's arm, and I compare it back to in 21 when they were talking about Dak Prescott's arm. And he kind of did have an off year, and they had to shut him completely down. They never shut Matthew Stafford down. And, you know, Peter King goes to practice, he's like, he must have thrown 100 and some balls, and he's slinging it. Like, he's firing it. Like, he looks good at practice from everyone who's talking, and he hasn't really missed a beat. And I think there's that little bit there. You know, some people traded Stafford. Maybe they're not on him. Rams might be in for another really good year. So there are two quarterbacks that I love, and I just think those stories were a bit overblown to take their value down, and I'd love to have either one of them.
1: I like that one. I really mm-hmm. don't have too much to argue with there. And that's rare. That's rare. But I do want to move it along here. And before we get into some self-reflection mm-hmm. and just a little bit of negativity and, and letting you guys know where we we strayed wrong, and we may have uh, led led the listeners wrong at times. And that's never the goal here. But Let's let's talk about some wins first, okay? Man, how much time do we have? Because mine could take a while. Uh, but anyway, Mitch, off-season value wins. This is always fun because this isn't saying necessarily... It's not a victory lap from a production standpoint, right? Because no games have been played. But as the off-season progresses, we see fluctuations in value all the time. We all... Every year. So I want to talk about value wins... So early in the offseason, maybe who is somebody that you were looking to move and you were successful with that? Their value has since continued to drop or you bought into them and their value has been rising.
2: I wanted to go with one, but I think you're actually going to bring him up. So I'm not going to bring him up. Bring him up. I was going to say Juju. I Juju. We both talked him up early. I think Dan was high on him as well. But. I don't know why he was going for like a mid second round pick even after he went to Kansas City. I mean, there was even times to where he dropped down a little bit past that. And now, I mean, a 22 late first at the time. I mean, look at it now. Who are you getting in that late first that you even care about? Mm -hmm. So you get a player who's pretty sure he's 25 going into this year and he's just locked in with the best quarterback in the league with only Kelsey as the other alternative. And we know what Juju can do in that offense. So for me, that was a huge one. And the other one was just Amon Ross. St. Brown. The oh, reason well, let, why...
1: me, let me chime in on Juju. Let me chime in.
2: Cause this is a team win because I do believe that Dan
1: was right there with us, but I I'm crazy. I'm off my freaking rocker. And I'm always constantly trying to improve the, the content and the material and information we're providing to our listeners. I truly am. And, and you guys are too. And going back, listening to a few episodes, the weekly show, the pivot point, which is on the Patreon beginning in the middle of March, we were advocating to go out and acquire Gigi Smith Schuster. And like we often do, I put my money where, where my mouth was. All right. Not necessarily sanitary, but I did it anyway. And I moved one Oh nine. And two twelve in a twelve-team superflex two PPR league for Juju Smith-Schuster and Zach Ertz, and that is a move that a uh, hundred out of hundred times I would make again today, especially knowing who slipped, you know, probably slipped there to one hundred nine and then two twelve. I'm up to twenty three percent roster ship, um, which with a large portfolio, that that's pretty solid. Uh, wide receiver forty six, and just for reference. I used to keep trade cut. You know, we know what its strengths are, what its weaknesses are, but just for a reference point, he was wide receiver 46 at that time in middle of March. He's wide receiver 37 today. And I specifically remember an episode where, and it was an episode of the pivot point. We talked about it. And I said, Juju Smith Schuster is one of those players because he has done it in the past. He is young enough. If he were to go out and put up a top 18 season, he's a top 24 dynasty receiver again. And it's, you know, now if he goes out and completely busts and just is horrendous. Yeah. We'll eat that loss. But from a mm-hmm. value perspective, I'm loving that one for, for the dynasty theory team here.
2: It's and then Amon Ross St. Brown. Oh, sorry. I was going to let Dan go. I was just going to bring up Amon Ra- just real quick. I was just going to say, I don't know if his value dipped down. That's why I didn't really want to mention him, but he was someone I was continually willing to get throughout the offseason, even when there was all the, oh, he only got the targets when Hawkinson and Swift are out. But yeah, but he's really good too. So like that's why he got the targets. But um, yeah, I just think that he, those two right there, I actually have them um, right next to each other in the rankings. And I think they both can just be really, really solid guys that end up being, you know, wide receiver 15 through 20 next year that you don't really need to worry about.
1: Yeah, my my thought, I was very vocal about this. If I could move on Ross, St. Brown for a late 22 first, I was on board. Mm-hmm. Pre-NFL draft, post-NFL draft, I'll admit that. And looking at my tiers now, I have one, two, three, four, five. I only have five rookies ahead of Amon Ross St. Brown, and then I five tiered with him. So if you got 108, 109, 110, there's still players that I see as equal value today and moving forward. But if I moved them for 111 or 112, I would be disappointed today. I, I would be. So I, I like that one. Uh, I, can, I can confidently say that, Mitch, you were one of the loudest ones in the Discord through thick and thin. For Mr. Amon Ross St. Brown. So this almost, Dan, I don't know your thoughts, but this almost makes up for him scoffing about Christian Kirk's contract. Almost No, it doesn't. <laughs> All right, Dan, throw some wins at us. Throw value wins again, just from a value perspective up to this point in the offseason.
0: Yeah, I mean, a couple things come to mind, and it might be a little, you know, a little bit early in some cases to chalk up the wins. Um, definitely. It's yeah. ne- Listen,
1: it's never too early to victory lap. baby.
0: <laughs> I was trying to go in modest. I was trying to go in modest. I see AJK mentioned Pittman there in the, in the chat, man. I think that was an early season one, two, yep. again, where I think I was able to get one or two, maybe. And then he was just hard to get. He did kind of shoot up quick, time, but I was time happy out, there. Time out, quick timeout time already.
1: I'm throwing a positive challenge flag. Mitch, do you remember mm-hmm. going into Pitt Pittman's rookie season? Mm-hmm. We had, we had the draft shows. We had the, the post-draft discussions. And I know we we poked fun at one of the reasons, because of the pedigree. Yes. But yes. I got to say, Dan was aboard that Michael Pittman train from the jump. Yep. And I wish I had a clip queued up here. Maybe I'll do it next week just to kind of toot Dan's horn. But it's I, I yeah, t- take it away, Dan.
0: I will be honest, like it won't just be the pedigree that makes a guy good. There were other other factors there. You know, I love the film, love the film, and Michael Pittman. But this offseason's been fun. And we mentioned Pittman. I was very happy to sell my last Gronk shares. And that's kind of with the assumption that I don't think he's coming back. Um, I, I think I had a couple shares, got a second and one. I got maybe like a Gerald Everett and a third. So I was definitely happy to get off that and get and get some value. And then I'm feeling really good, you know, as the offseason went on a little bit about scoring a guy that I never wanted until the value was low enough was Baker Mayfield. Um, just getting ahead of it and getting as many shares as I could. Didn't get as many as I wanted, but got a few. And just that was just forecasting ahead before he became a Panther. And, of course, that helped my 100% Tommy Tremble shares. Even got him in the last round of my, my home league today. So, uh, selling Gronk, scoring Baker, Pittman early, they were good ones. All right, let me see here.
1: I went back to an episode of February 17th, the pivot point. No, no joke, that was the date of it. I discussed Mac Jones at quarterback 13 at the time being somebody, if you can get off of it, that price to do it. Uh, he was in my 18 to 21 tier at the time. He's quarterback 17, according to KTC. So feel good about that overall because right now nobody wants Mac Jones. Nope. I am okay acquiring him. And Mitch, you and I actually did a deal in our co-managed league. It was a, a larger package deal, but we... Moved Burrow in a deal, and got Mac Jones. Again, it, it was a larger deal, but Mac Jones is going to be our quarterback three. So that's the scenario for a quarterback three. I'm fine with Mac Jones. I don't want him as my quarterback two. I'm targeting not my-
0: him. Targeting him today in my home league in in the 12th round is my quarterback three. And unfortunately got sniped like five picks before me, Mm. JB. So I had to settle for Zach Wilson, which, you know, I can't believe I'm saying, because you know, I like Zach Wilson and his athletics, athleticism, but with you, JB, Mac was a solid one. Saquon
1: Saquon Barkley was running back 17. He's running back nine. Now the higher end, and this is going to go with my misses as well. And I know. Some of the listeners, they're probably thinking, well, these guys just freaking shut up and stop tooting their own horns. Well, guess what? We own, own the misses. <laughs> we own the misses too. Don't you worry. So we got to build up our confidence before we come crashing down. But, uh, Saquon Barkley, we talk about these high end running backs that lose value during the off season because while well, they're getting older, the injury concerns, it happened with Christian McCaffrey too. It, it did, uh, So running back 17 to running back nine, and I discussed that at multiple points throughout the offseason and made some moves to acquire. Cam Akers was running back 12 on March 4th. It's a good day. It's my mom's birthday, actually. Running back 20 now. How hard is it to sell Cam Akers? How hard? He was four in March? No, on March 4th. Oh, March 4th. I was
2: like, wait, no, no that doesn't birthday. make sense at all.
1: <laughs> no, he was running back 12 on the that, 4th of that March. That
2: makes sense.
1: Uh, also, Elijah Moore was wide receiver 15 at the time. Oh, yeah, Michael Pittman was wide receiver 22 on an episode of March 4th. The pivot point I talked about moving Elijah Moore for Michael Pittman plus a small piece as the pivot opportunity. I would to be a nice little cash out. I... Dan, I got to take a little lap here on value for my boy Jalen Tolbert. I have to, I have to. Wide it's receiver, an 90- early lap, man. That's an early lap. Gallup's coming back from, from, soon. From a value perspective, that's all it is. All right. Wide receiver ninety six May first. Okay. Yeah. Man, I was I was gobbling up those shares. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Thirty percent, thirty percent roster ship. Wide receiver fifty five today, uh, according to KTC. Two more, and then I'll shut up and we'll we'll sit here and be miserable. Chase Edmonds, still under 20% roster ship, but July 7th, he was running back 42, running back 32 now. A March 15th startup got him at 12.07 after Alexander Madison. <laughs> wow. And then Rashad Penny. I'm still about 15% roster ship, running back 49 to 36. Another startup. This was August 17th. Got him at 12.03 behind Michael
2: Carter and still feel really good about that. Mitch, you're up. You're making a face about Rashad Petty. No, I was just saying, I I have Rashad Petty also on my notes, but it's for an entirely different reason than this one right here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway,
1: any more wins? Again, we got to get our spirits high. And again, let me reiterate, because I can see it now. These Jagoffs are talking about wins whenever nothing's happened. I get it but from the, strictly from a value perspective, because we're going to talk about value misses as well.
0: Value hit was Kyle Phillips. I got him at oh, the okay. end of so many drafts and like okay. people are talking to him like legit slot starting wide receiver. Um, that was a Vrabel saying one of his best two play, players or two best receivers or Robert Woods. So loving the value there.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. All right. So now everybody, you can stop,
0: you know, throwing up in your mouth
1: a little bit. I'm sick of these guys talking about this. All right, Mitch, who's a player you bought into very early in the off season.
2: And at that cost, you regret it. Justin Fields. I got Justin Fields in just about every startup we did. And this is the big difference between startup and like established leagues, right? It's established leagues. No one will trade for Justin Fields anymore. I still think in startups, he's still going the end of the second beginning of the third type About You can't move Justin Fields. It just takes one manager in a startup. That's it. Yeah, exactly. You you can't move him. I promise. I've tried in multiple leagues. No one will give you anything for him. It's because everybody who follows fantasy, and if you're listening to a Dynasty podcast, you're going to know this. The Bears are not going to be a good football team this year. John and I did a prop bet on over for 18 and a half passing touchdowns for Justin Fields. There wasn't another quarterback under 20 as a prop. That's how bad everybody thinks this offense is going to be. And now the problem is you can't do anything with Justin Fields. You know, his value is going to drop because it's not going to be a good year for him for the bears or for fantasy. And then you have all the rookies coming in next year. So his value isn't going to go up and you know that you've taken that hit. I know 12 months from now, that's when his value can rise if the Bears do what they need to do and actually surround him with talent. But that's 12 months from now. I don't want to wait 12 months for anyone's value to go up when I'm spending a second round startup pick on him. See, that's
1: exactly it. And I made the the comparison, of a, a very similar comparison with DK Metcalf, right? He could go out and have a horrendous season, but if they land a top quarterback next year from the NFL draft, we're going to see his value come up. And he's going to have that excuse, you know, get out of jail, free card from a value perspective. And that could happen similarly to Justin Fields. Well, he had Darnell Mooney and Cole commit, but then he had what Equanimius St. Brown. <laughs> like, I know we love the St. Brown family, but I don't know if we're there with, with Equanimius. So, you know, if they, if they target some guys in the draft, if maybe they make a trade, if they get a free agent, we could get that. Well, yeah, he wasn't good last year, but especially if they wouldn't stick with him and they don't look to pursue another quarterback, (laughs) that that could really shoot him in the foot. But I think Justin Fields is a good one, and we always talk about it. You mentioned established leagues versus startups. In a startup, well, ADP is this. It only takes one out of 12 people to be higher on somebody than consensus. And, I mean, heck, (laughs) We saw Robert Woods go in the first round in one startup years, a few years ago. Sure did. True I story. So uh, AJ, I love this one. Sold Debo lower than I wanted during his mini contract holdout and the bad Lance news should have held through the off season. See, but the, and, and again, that is where the speculation and prognostication and trying to be ahead of things. If he holds out, if he gets traded to a bad situation, you know, who knows where we're looking at him from his value. And and if you're an active person in your league and you're a volume trader and you have five of those t- bets like that. You know, as long as you're hitting on more than you're missing, because God knows I have some misses lined up and they, they make me sick.
0: But it, that's where the volume comes in play for me. AJ gives us a good reminder, though, because all three of us have done it at some point. But I think every dynasty offseason that's come, we've been a little bit more patient. It's just that reminder just to think it through. Like, hey, if you make this trade, is there a chance I'm going to regret it? Like, you really want to ask yourself that, especially when you're trading a star player, a young player uh, like Debo, knowing what you're getting back in return. So it happens. Sometimes it's good to roll the dice, but it is good to be cautious and ask yourself that. Am I is there a chance I'm going to really regret this?
1: Kyle says, "I just sold Ayuk as well. I'm also a little worried about how the offense will operate with Lance, and that, I think that was baked in to not just the holdout, but and and AJ did say the bad Lance news, and maybe just the uncertainty there, and we don't know how that offense is going to play out. So, you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But trying to and, and we talked about this, right? It's kind of a philosophy standpoint from." a dynasty perspective be proactive be right sometimes be wrong sometimes see where you pick up the value where you lose it or be reactive and you have a little more certainty on the situation but now you're either losing or gaining value that way so again i I talked about this before i would love for two teams completely impossible but two teams have the same exact players in two different leagues, same settings. Mm-hmm. One team makes trades, trades, trades. The other team just sits there and does nothing until September and s- see what happens, you know. Uh, it, w- it would be interesting if that were possible. But anyway, Dan, regret. I know you're not familiar with the word,
0: but. Not even, you didn't even, hold on. You got to rewind there, John, because I think I didn't answer the last one. Did we answer the last one? You gave us this so much homework on question. this show here. Who, who is a player, or do, you or wait you did you bought, talk that about you bought your- early that you regret at, uh, at cost right yeah you talked about your wins so i didn't i talked about the wins but the regret so i guess i don't know i have two questions with regret here i think so you hey, at least i'm not the notes. only
2: one messing up tonight that's really all i care about
0: for, for our listeners john gave mitch and i like so much homework like he was so stoked for this show it's like i feel like i'm back in school taking a test today here but uh, so, if, uh, if I'm still on track with your notes, JB, a player that we bought very early in the offseason yes. that you regret at cost, right?
1: Listen, I, I just want to, I'm talking to the listeners here. I'm talking to the viewers. Uh, Are you starting to get why I'm always on edge when we're on <laughs> the show? Do you, do you get it? Like, yeah, I probably have too much coffee throughout the day. That That's one thing. But I'm I'm dealing with these two and it's never an easy day.
0: Listeners, he gave us questions that are like similar in text here, and it's it's a lot of reading personally, especially, you know, when, when we're off the clock, but all right, JB, here's what I got. First, it's who I didn't get, which I'm thankful for, although I regret it maybe in Scott Fishbowl with Najee Harris. I was so high, and I was putting out offers left and right, and I just want to thank everybody for declining me, because that whole line is looking really sketchy, and and I just think you know, he dropped a bit in my ranking. So I just want to thank everybody who, who declined me on my Najee offers. And then maybe a guy I got that I regret a little bit. Not a big regret, because I didn't pay a lot. But I went on this, like, I, I go on these kicks. So I went on a Terrace Marshall kick. Just thinking, man, this could be the year. You know, he's looking good. I might have read a report here or there. And then they go trade a Visca. And then the, the reports circulate that he's back on the trade block for Caroline. And I haven't heard any, anything good since. So. I went and got a few of those shares that just aren't really exciting me right now. Sean is not,
2: disgusted I was, I was, right whew, now.
0: <laughs> I, was, I was pretty smart. Otherwise, I think this offseason, JB. I'm sure i have forgotten one that I may might be kicking myself on. But. Why would you ever think it was a good idea to pursue Terrace Marshall? I don't even care what the cost is.
2: Yeah.
1: A, a roster spot is too much.
0: Sometimes hey, you know, maybe it's that you know, 1993 draft Dan coming back. You know, I used to take receivers a few years to develop. Maybe I just thought he was going to be a little bit of a late bloomer. Maybe talent yeah. was there. Oh, All right, well, then we'll when he grows up? We'll
2: oh, hey, well, I still have
1: hope for McCall. I drafted him late. <laughs> All yeah. right, well, this was crippling for me, and also there, there's an uh, overarching discussion to go with it. But Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, and there was a common theme there. Those are guys that I, I honestly. Last season, I was not uh, aboard the Gibson or Jacobs train at all. I, I liked Miles Sanders at cost last year. And then this offseason hit. And those were three guys that I thought, you know, their value, they were a little undervalued. And because of that, I was going out and not just attempting to acquire, but acquire them. And I've I've shifted here and there. I've moved off of some shares. I've acquired some. So I have to look to see exactly what the net is for all three of them. But I think the takeaway here is unless we're talking about a high-end, top-tier running back from a short-term perspective, so Barkley, McCaffrey, heck, even Derrick Henry, stop buying them, John. Stop, stop acquiring these. See, like, I'm looking at and It's a very clear theme here. So pre-NFL draft, Antonio Gibson was running back eight. He's running back 33 right now.
2: According, Can to I Canada ask State. if J.K. Dobbins is also fitting in this scenario? <sighs> or will he within a month or so? <laughs> he very well
1: might. I have to go look because I might have actually moved off of more shares than I acquired. Okay. And he, he very well could fall into that, but I, I think it's a little unfair just because of the, the injury. But uh, Kevin, the chat says, I'm still happy owning Jacobs and Sanders. Their value hits are all camp news garbage. Neither have any significant draft capital or talent competition. Well, uh,
2: you know, I don't think Miles Sanders is all that talented. <laughs>
1: no, I think he is. And again, I, I invested, but, at what point do we gotta sit here and say maybe it's not in the cards for Miles Sanders in Philadelphia?
0: Health and usage I, is the question, not talent, Mitch. I think.
2: No usage. No. Usage is a, is huge.
0: Yeah. If, if he was concern.
2: that good, would they use him more? Hasn't only coaches, been injuries that have kept him off the field. Like Has wasn't it?
0: they kept Jonathan Taylor off the field with the Colts two years ago, and then for now like. They have- it's that same, Three or four games. same coaching tree that's in Philly there that nah. has a scratch in her head how they're handling running backs.
1: I don't know. A couple games, sure. One season, okay. Two years, all right, well, it's getting a little difficult to make excuses. We're four years in now, right, guys? This is year four. And, again, this is just from a value perspective. If you went out most likely and acquired Miles Sanders at the beginning of the offseason – Josh Jacobs at the beginning of the offseason, Antonio Gibson, who I don't remember a player that is coming off of the start of a career like Antonio Gibson was a top 10 dynasty back at the beginning of the offseason and then went to a low end running back three. That wasn't because of an injury wasn't because of off the field stuff. But listen, guys, listen. We're listening. I'm I'm being very careful about how I'm going to phrase this. Uh, You know, I I certainly don't want to be
0: insensitive. John might be under investigation for a recent incident that. No, listen, I know. I
1: I really don't want to be insensitive, but Brian Robinson was freaking shot twice. Once in the kneecap Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and people, you know, I, I think Antonio Gibson is going to have a good season here. We actually just traded for him earlier today. And I, I've traded him away several spots, but if there was an inflated value, if there was an uptick, managers have the opportunity to take advantage of that. All right, because otherwise, Brian Robinson was taking that backfield.
0: We're on episode 172. It's going to be like Dynasty Theory episode 250, and we're going to be recapping John Bowers' roller coaster of an Antonio Gibson off season season. Stay tuned.
1: Yeah. And I, I hate to, I hate to, to harp on that and bring Antonio Gibson up, but he is one of the most fascinating assets we have seen. He really is. And we have some comments about the usage from miles Sanders in the chat. He did. He, have, he didn't have a touchdown last year. Mm. Right. Like, like we, we, at some point we have to stop making excuses once the uh the, the team in the organization keeps telling us things and I was foolish and I, I ignored that for Antonio Gibson because I didn't like Brian Robinson pre NFL draft. I, and I was, I was vocal about that. Adamant. I was, I was, but now, now I'm, I'm rooting for the kid. You know, I, 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 joked, I was like, I get a hangnail. I can't, I can't move for three weeks. This dude gets shot. And he's like, get me on the field today. Like what a freaking champion. Seriously. But, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs, the fifth-year options, Amir White. There's a lot to that's going on there. But this is strictly from a value perspective. I want to I wanna drive that point home, okay? All right, so, Mitch, who's a player you sold or faded very early in the offseason that you regret?
2: Delvin Cook. Now it's for the price then compared to now. So then I was trading him for... A 22 first plus anything, right? And that plus anything, it really could have been anything. And I was okay moving off of him then. I don't think you were alone, to be honest with you. But the problem is, he's going to smash again this year. And that t- late 22 first ish clash is class <laughs> is, is pretty terrible. I mean, who are you looking for? Sky Moore there, Christian Watson, David Bell, whoever you liked at the end. None of them were really good. And he kind of moved. I moved him for Dalvin Cook plus, you know, whatever on the back end. Um, And so now, but you asked me today, if I could get a 23 first plus anything, I'm going to take the 23 first because those running backs are going to be amazing. But it's just that 22 class changed from the hype in, I would say, the middle of May till now. There's like maybe 5 guys in the class that, you know, people really like. There's other hype guys that people like, of course, right? But their value hasn't really gone up. But Mitch,
1: like, Mitch, you got to be on your best behavior. Oh
2: man, that's not good. <laughs>
1: hey, hey, wait, we switched the gloves. show for the big anniversary.
2: We did. We did.
1: We switched the show. We very and, happy. You know, we we had to pick our battles. We tried Ooh. to convince Mitch to push back? No, we're kidding, of course. But happy anniversary! Yes, hey, John and John and I always
0: support it. Mrs. Sorensen. So yes. happy anniversary,
2: as we should. But yeah, I was just saying that it's Dalvin Cook. It could be Alvin Kamara. It could be any of those types of running backs. If you move them for a mid to late first plus something, you just immediately lost value because those mid to late first guys just aren't very good this year. Yeah, good point. I, I
1: mean, I, it's if you go back. And look at some Dalvin Cook trades, not not just you, but but overall from the market, uh, pre NFL draft, post NFL draft, heading into the rookie drafts, and it does go. You said Alvin Kamara, but it could have been a Derrick Henry. Yeah, it, I, I'm Nick sure, Chubb. Whatever. Yeah, I, I'm sure that there were some of those vets that I moved, and if I look back at the at the value change. I'd be on the wrong side of it. Yeah. So I, I think all of us are there to an extent, whether, you know, one player or another. But I, I think that's a a really good one. And just veteran, it, it, see, that's kind of like the same Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. Dalvin yeah. Cook's right there. He's right below there. Uh, so I think it's those higher-end producers not looking to move off of them as the off season's in its infancy,
2: until next draft.
1: <laughs> yeah, listen. Yeah, next draft is different. Listen, it's always different. But see, and that's the thing too. And Mitch, you mentioned it with the quarterbacks. We can have these takeaways from this year, from this off season, but next year, like it's it's a completely different situation. All right. So a player that you sold faded early in the off season. Dan, that at that cost you regret it.
0: I just my anti Eagles hate that hurts AJ Brown stack. I just I like them both. I wish I had more early hopped on it too late, could have got some good value there. You know, maybe even put in Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard in there, but definitely hurts and Brown.
1: Uh, well, you stole my answer, Jalen Hurts. That was an easy one for me when I was putting these questions together. I, you know. I have to own a value miss from one year ago. Okay, all right. This is gonna this is gonna hurt me. But sometimes we gotta get some things off our chest. And I tweeted it. I talked about on the show. And I should have deleted the tweet a long time ago. I think a lot of people could have been offended by it. I know I am looking back, but I said I preferred Tom Brady to Jalen Hurts in Dynasty.
2: Yeah, I remember that.
1: If I had a drink, I, I don't have water or tea with me tonight, but I'd pour one out for my my ego because that, that kills me. All right. Because there were question marks. And it, it wasn't necessarily Jalen Hurts. I, I I know I was very vocal and adamant about that, but it was the the question marks with the organization, the draft picks, all that stuff. But running back six, running back 16. Oh my god, quarterback 16 pre-NFL draft on KTC. Yeah, Salazar, ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, Quarterback eight now. And I'm finding myself paying or attempting to pay significantly higher. Now, I did find a trade from March that I'm quite happy with how it turned out. I moved, and it's coincidentally, I moved Brady, Aaron Jones, 109 and 206 for Hertz, Cooks, Waller, and 306, two PPR. That one looks good right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, luckily for me, now there was one league last year that I did trade hurts for Brady straight up. And I, yeah, uh, Salazar, I think I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to acquire a hurt share, I think from you, right? I think there, there was one quarterback I was trying to get off Salazar and he said, JB, bro, I'm, I'm not trying to throw the season away yet. Well, when you're ready, you let me know. Uh, but yeah, Jalen Hurts, I mean, that huge, massive miss, massive. And this is a year and a half in the making for me. So I, <laughs> what a way to end the show right there. All right, Mitch, very quickly, a player that you're trying to move right now before the season and why. So I'm looking at a player that we've seen a spike in value as the offseason progressed,
2: and you don't think he can maintain it? Rashad Penny. I think now and within like the first three to four weeks of the season is his absolute ceiling he's ever gonna have again. I
1: I don't disagree actually. Okay. I, I don't disagree with that. I think that's well the glasses one.
2: came off. I was all
1: worried. No, no, no. I wasn't exactly sure where you were going with it, yeah. but I talked about the value spike. Some of that had to do with Kenneth Walker and these mysterious hernia injury that Pete Carroll says we've never seen uh Lamar Jackson was who you were trying to acquire earlier my bro don't my bro me. just trade him to me (laughs) my man Salazar uh uh, man just trade him to me that's all that's all but yeah Rashad Penny I don't mind in a couple weeks looking to move off him I don't all right Dan
0: I'm I'm with Mitch man. You know, my my answer my notes JB was why would I want to move any of my players cuz they're all good. But if I had to, yeah. if I had any players that I would want to move JB, it would be any like a uh, Seattle Seahawks or maybe a Chicago Bears, like just just I would unload them, either team. This That's is an answer. easy
1: one for me. It's Damian Pierce. At cost. I'm telling you, listen, listen. He he's going to get the volume. I if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, go over to the ff dynasty youtube channel we did a 40 minute show last week just on Damian pierce versus a 23 first i lay it out i map it out there clearly it took me 40 minutes to have that discussion i have about 40 seconds here so
2: Damian pierce at cost at the inflated value get off that ride get off pierce or jk dobbins i think that's the question we need to ask ourselves now
1: Uh, jk dobbins a million out of a million times uh Mitch, a player that you're trying to acquire right before the season, and why? This is a player who's dropped in value, but you think season
2: uptick early on. Yeah, I've been talking about him a lot in the last month, and it's still Devin Singletary for me. I think his value still isn't where it should be for the starting running back on the Bills, and I think he's going to prove it throughout the season. So for this season, I would definitely keep trying to buy him because those fantasy playoffs, he's going to do really well in them. Dan, same question. Do I have to repeat
0: it? I struggle with this a little bit, but I was on this Darren Waller kick the last few weeks, and then that like that kind of hold in came, so it may be a little bit harder. But you missed those big ones. I've just been really big on him for a breakout year.
1: Yeah, I you try to move him, he was very difficult to move this off season for so many reasons. Devonte Adams, the age, the contract. So uh, da, 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 da. I think it's gonna be difficult to acquire him now. I think that boat may have you may have missed the boat there. I think. I think.
2: Final thoughts.
0: Dan didn't mean to cut you off, but lead us off with final thoughts. Final thoughts, man. Just uh hey, it's DFS season now, Dynasty Brothers. Uh, our Dynasty Theory Discord DFS League. We got six out of 15 spots filled. Five dollars. Hop in there. It's in our Discord. And uh just really, really stoked for week one, gentlemen. It is here.
2: You know, my last ones just for before, you know. The start of the season is going to be, look, you have four days. Your significant other probably has things still on their list that you need to do and get done. I've worked on painting the house a little bit. I fixed a bench today. I was told there's some spots on the walls that I missed that I need to go get done. This is the time to do it because I'm telling you, once that football season starts, uh, there's like no help coming from my end. So like there's a solid five months to where my wife does like everything with me, like barely being there. So in the next three days, especially tomorrow with it being the anniversary, getting everything done I possibly can.
1: Mike in the chat, this goes back to a conversation that kicked off in the chat as the, as the episode kicked off final thoughts, bacon is the worst breakfast meat. Who let, who let Mike in here? Wow. that That is, that's a travesty. Uh, the that season is, is here. Final thought. The season is here. All right. I'm telling you, if even if you are not planning on being active, come check out the Discord. Mm -hmm. It is free. It is a hundred percent free. The conversations don't stop, especially during during the season, especially on game days. Now, the game day patron chat, that's five bucks a month. Come support the team. Come show us, show us your support. Uh, but anyway, it's gonna be a great season. We hope everybody had a lot of fun throughout the offseason with us. We're not going anywhere. We'll be back every single week talking about changing values constantly as the season progresses. Hopefully, we were able to help you get in that position. One, either kicking off your rebuild or two, that that striving for a championship here in 2022. We always appreciate everybody in the chat. Uh, makes the show a lot more entertaining and fun for us. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. Everybody, best of luck in week one. We'll see you next week.